Hello, friends. Back again today and joining with Alyssa Hartley this morning or this afternoon. And we're going to chat about tarot and astrology. So this will be a good one to watch on the replay. And I'm just going to add Alyssa in here. So if you're interested in tarot and astrology, we are going to merge these forces. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? It still says can Hey, welcome. Oh. There we are. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm so excited for this chat today. Oh, yeah. This hardly feels like anything to do with work. It's so <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> Always such good chats. Yeah. So I really enjoy tuning into Alyssa's um, live streams. She does them once a week, and she is very incredibly intuitive and just has this beautiful way of merging astrology into her tarot readings. And so this morning I wanted to um, just ask you some questions. Yeah. Um. So I, I like to start with the super basics because, you know, we could easily go off into a conversation that most people might not understand. Right. <laughs> um, so we'll start with the basics of, of the tarot. And um, I pulled the 22 major arcana out of my deck this morning. Awesome. And do you want to share with us a little bit about what the major arcana, like what is their influence in the deck and how that sort of connects in with the planets and the signs? Yeah, so the major arcana uh, is probably like my favorite part of the tarot and like the story in general. Um, the major arcana represents these like big energies that we can all relate to, um, that we all have some element of in our human experience. Um, and if you were going to like explain the minor and the majors, like to differentiate the majors would be like big energies of the earth. So like the current of wind or the sun rising or the clouds in the sky, uh, grass growing out of the ground where the minor arcana in the tarot would be more like, the streets of the city and the houses on the streets kind of thing. Like it's way bigger picture. Gotcha. So yeah. there are major influences and um, so something I love about the tarot and if you're new to tarot, it's nice to start just withdrawing one card for yourself and reading up on, on that or feeling into what that means for you. Um, so let's dive into a little bit of, um, I wanted to speak about the history just a little bit. Um, the history of the tarot dating back to the Egyptian times, to hermetic principles, hermeticism. So this is like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And at this time, they also studied astrology. And the Renaissance 
artists, like the the images in the Rider Waite Tarot, I'd say, are like the most traditional in terms of the symbolism and imagery. And a lot of these archetypal stories were told in Renaissance art. That's what some of the this art is influenced by that Renaissance style of art. Um, and the Renaissance artists were drawing their influence from the hieroglyphs of ancient Egypt, which I just find to be so cool. Yeah, yeah I love how it's like, I see this like the major arcana as like, they're like keys and there's, there's so much symbolism. There's so many, even like the colors and the shapes and it's just like, it's like this mystical language and it's like they've hidden it in plain sight in a way. Mm-hmm. I think that the definition of the arcana is like a mystery. So they're like major um, influences and the cards being tools to bring what is unconscious within us into light um and just I like to reiterate too that like every card has a shadow and a light mm-hmm. it's you're not just gonna pull like the death card and see that as um doom and gloom that there's or even the star card does something completely positive they're all ways to to look at the entirety of our the archetypes that are inherent within all of us Yes, exactly. I like to to think, think of tarot as like um, like a body of water, and it's just like a mirror reflection, and we're just like looking in, and whatever is being reflected back to us is what we are being invited to see. Yes, I love that analogy. Um, there's just so many things I, I want to talk about. <laughs> oh. um, okay, let's go back to the basics for just a sec here. So let's chat a bit about what is an archetype what are we talking about (laughs) the way that's a big loaded question but the way that i like archetype is like a common thread of the human experience that every single one of us can relate to in some way it's like where are born and where fairy tales are born They're, they're these archetypes of commonality i don't know if you do agree yes yeah um i've heard the i've heard the archetypes um be analyzed as they are like letters of the alphabet and the alphabet puts together the sentences and paragraphs of who we are so it's like all of these archetypes are inherent within each of us and we each express them and explore them at different times of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and some of these archetypes are more dominant depending on your astrological birth chart, mm-hmm. which I just think is so cool. I, this is all like kind of within the last year, I've started to really dabble into the connection between the two. Um, so a fun thing to do is just to take your own chart and like my Libra son, well, what is like the translation 
like which of the major arcana is connected to that um, Libra sun and then understanding myself better through that archetype, like how I want to shine in the world, etc. Yeah, I love that too, like with like full moons and new moons in signs to really relate that to the tarot or if we're moving into a new season, what kind of energy or archetype is that bringing in to us individually and collectively? Like that's, yeah, that's like a really good way for me anyway to like speak the language and like learn the language and feel into what's going on. Yes. And you're so good at that. So do you want to just jump right into that? What what's happening right now in the sky <laughs> um so right now we're in taurus energy um which is the hierophant um and taurus is also ruled by venus which is the empress so we're kind of swimming in hierophant energy and empress energy those are some really beautiful energies yeah yeah so um I like when I look at these, I pulled out the two cards as well, just to like have a visual, but I find like the Empress and the Hierophant energy are like kind of opposites in a way, like even energy of the card itself and the symbolism and like the way that the Empress is just so soft and so like feminine and the Hierophant is kind of looks a little bit more like stern and like serious and like his wall behind him is like cement and it feels harder than that the empress you know yeah so it feels like we're kind of bouncing in between these like two energies yes interesting because yeah, for some reason taurus being like a ram type of animal um has that masculine it's got it's uh is it a fixed sign taurus yeah, they're pretty. So it's <laughs> they're pretty stubborn. You don't want to try to move a Taurus or change their mind. I've got one. Um, yeah. Um. So that feels like more of a masculine energy, but then there's also like the sensuality and the spirituality that's that's showing up. So it's almost like a bit of. Um, I guess the word boundaries shows up a bit um, because they can be stuck in their ways a little bit. So perhaps looking at, um, you know, on the shadow side, where can we be stuck in our ways? <laughs> yeah, and it, it's a super grounding, stable sign. Um, and like, if we're talking about the shadow and light aspect, like, Tauruses could become really stuck and like stagnant and not able to move forward because they're just comfortable where they are. And if you're looking on the like astrological wheel, um, Taurus is opposite Scorpio, right? And Scorpio is um, all about like diving deep and like going into the void and exploring and getting a little bit curious about the like mystic side of things you know so it's sort of this invitation for Taurus to not be so stuck and comfortable and actually like choose to step into the unknown a little bit like it just challenges Taurus and I like that right like if you were a Scorpio and you know you were like 
constantly wanting to like dive into mysticism and like question the unknown it's like if you're if you don't have an element of Taurus to keep you like stable and grounded you could get lost in your exploration right yep for sure I also this is just downloading right now um it makes perfect sense (laughs) that so springtime has this element of fertility around it and these two cards together when I was just like doing a little reading with it I was like oh I this could very well be like a fertility card Mm -hmm. like channeling in spiritual energy okay well where this channeled energy is going towards this very fertile woman (laughs) (laughs) I mean and then it just like makes such perfect sense being Beltane and the season of new life yeah um so there's like a perfect example of how astrology these archetypes are so intimately connected with so cool is death right Scorpio is the release the death card so it's like this fertile spring energy with death right on the other side interesting that's so cool and so what is our new moon do we know what that's gonna be in in Taurus in Taurus Mm -hmm. so lots of Taurus yeah which is wonderful yeah So the new moon is like when the sun and the moon are together. And then the full moon is when they're opposite. So that's when you see the Scorpio full moon that we just came out of. So now we're going into the new moon within the Taurus sign. Cool. So um, what are some elements that, like, what are something that we should look at in terms of a new moon in Scorpio, like in a time of creating intentions and I'm getting the feeling of like really like embodiment embodiment of what you desire yeah it's a very grounded new moon um it'll be good for intention setting um with that stable energy carrying that forward into the new moon you know Mm -hmm. You're right with like embodiment and like body and and senses, like using your senses in the new moon. Like um, Tauruses are really like sensual and the invitation is to really like soak up your world with all your senses. So like if you think of the Empress with her like drapey, like opulent gown, you know, it's like put on the silk, put on the body oil light the candle, eat the food, you know, like mm-hmm. oiling self-care kind of energy. So I would say like definitely in the in the new moon, like spoil yourself. I love that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> something else that I just learned recently, I've been watching this, um, the Dr. Teresa Bullard on Gaia TV. I don't okay. know if you're familiar with her, but she's she does some really great videos on alchemy of the tarot, and she's a uh, PhD in physics. So it's just an incredible lens um, to learn through. But she was talking about how the the card, the 
major arcana cards from zero to 21, that means there's 22 cards. Um, when you're looking at them in order, they represent the hero's journey. Mm. And when you look at them in reverse, they represent the story of creation. Oof. And wow. I was just going through that this morning and I was like, oh, blowing my mind once again. Oh man. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought of reading the major arcana backwards. I've always like seen it definitely as the hero's journey and like in three separate levels, like one to seven and onward. Um, yeah like three levels of seven and the further you go in the deeper you go inward but I always saw it as like a spiral right like we come to the world and then we go back to fool and then we we see our world in a different light again you know yeah it's so cool because it starts with the world <clears throat> Yes. Which is kind of like a completion, but it's like, okay, this was like the void. Yes. Then like the angelic forces coming down to wake up the souls. Mm -hmm. And then comes the sun and then the moon and then the star. So it's like creation bubbling together and then, you know, Holy. taking us all the way back through this, this journey of ourselves to um, creation again. So it's, for me, I just find, um, I just find solace in these stories and these archetypes that throughout the journey of our lives, like none of us are going to get away with, uh, with, without having this hero's journey. Yeah. And it almost brings comfort to know that, okay, this is the cycle of transformation is unavoidable. Mm -hmm. And in what ways can we um, use tools of self-reflection to help guide us along this journey to nurture our path? Ugh. Yes, exactly. I love, I love it so much. Oh, yeah, like when you said, like, we don't get out unscathed in a way, you know, and personally, like the tower <laughs> has been following me for multiple months. Like I lost track, like I think like eight or nine months. And I'm just like, okay, like this is part of the process. Like I'm releasing, I'm transmuting, I'm healing, I'm, you know. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So just to connect with the interview that I did yesterday with Vika, um, centered on the Pluto and Scorpio aspect, and there's so many of it's it's this collective energy. Whether whether you're Pluto and Scorpio or not, this collective energy of transformation and destruction that's that's happening right now. So if we look at Scorpio, we're looking at like the Death card. Mm -hmm. and what other influences like right now there's a whole bunch of Saturn aspects and Saturn um Saturn represents the system and our chains to addictions in the material world yeah. um and 
that it just gets me excited actually, because it makes me feel like there's a huge shift in our attachments happening or like a reawakening to. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like, yeah, the structures and that the, like the man, like the gatekeepers, the patriarchy. Right. And the death card is all about like transformation and, I think we're feeling that definitely collectively, like the way that things are going, like it's not sustainable for the direction that we're headed. You know, there needs to be a shakeup. There needs to be a release. There needs to be some death thrown in there um, for, for the, to the structures and to the, the systems that are no longer functioning. Yeah. Right. Like the calling. Yeah. I'm getting excited about, you know, the next generation that's coming mm-hmm. um, or that's like stepping into their um, into their mother role, I guess it's like the, the millennials are now like, I guess, age 25 to 35 or something. I don't know what exactly that age group is, but this age group is is now growing from maiden into mother other archetypes so into that young influenceable um innocent naive archetype into the mother which is like connected to the mother earth connected to the mother bear um you know embodying inner power inner strength and our ability to grow new things so I just am excited that there's a generation that's, um, you know, there's a lot of Pluto and Scorpio in that generation mm-hmm. that's rising into um, this period of transformation. So I, for me, it, it just speaks to a positive energy to channel our um transformation towards this is necessary this is what's happening whether we like it or not the planet is is gonna go through this Mm -hmm. and are we gonna resist it or are we gonna flow with it (laughs) like the pluto and scorpio um and your chat yesterday i was really resonating with that how like we come with the witch wound and now we're really being called to like step up into our power and reclaim our power and it's sort of like this divine timing right it's like right on time this is this is right on time and um I know like a whole generation just had their Saturn return as well and that's when things really start changing for people I think when we have our Saturn return and it's like what is going to happen from like the next generation like coming or before, like, coming even after that one, like, what, what direction are we all going into? It feels like this Pluto and Scorpio is kind of just, like, the beginning. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, like, it's going to be a rebirth, new life on the other side. Um, so I'm curious, so we're moving from Taurus into Gemini, is it? Yeah, so that that'll be our like next shift from late spring into summer. So we go Gemini into Cancer. Um, So just to do a little, um, you know, projection of our astrological path. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What do you feel with Gemini? What tarot is connected 
Yeah, so Gemini is um, ruled by Mercury. So there's three cards that are ruled by Gemini and Mercury. So you have the Magician, which is Mercury. And then Virgo, yes, which is the Hermit, which is ruled by Mercury. And the Lovers, which is ruled by Gemini. Interesting. I'm, I'm seeing the Lovers card in such a new light lately. Like um, it's what what is your like feeling for the lovers? Because the lovers for me is the one card that it's taken me a really long time to feel into for myself. And I don't know. I try to like find the meaning that like really resonate with me. Um and I've like sort of got there but I still feel like there is like a whole other level of the lovers that I'm not seeing or like tuned into well it's clearly about getting naked <laughs> Out outside. I feel like this is gonna get censored off of Instagram because there's naked bodies on it but um so there's this element of like being grounded in our physical form and the union, it's almost like the union and a play between opposites. Like I almost get uh, justice, Gemini. It makes perfect sense that this is a Gemini, but almost like there's a choice to be made. Um, so if this pops up in a reading, sometimes you know, you want to think that, oh, that means that's my soulmate. We're going to live happily ever after. But it can also indicate, like, depending on what card is coming with it, um, you know, if it's the hermit, it might be like a period. Uh, the hermit shows up after the lovers. It could be a choice. Yeah. Do I need to walk away and make a choice to fo follow a spiritual journey? Um. And then I've also read that there's, you know, there's the similar and the lovers and the devil card. There's the two people standing there. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it can represent um, codependency and addictions on a shadow side of it. Mm. And it can also represent like a mirror yeah. Uh, you know how you are talking about, you know, the the tarot being a mirror to our unconscious selves. Yeah. Well, relationships also being that mirror. Yeah. And so whatever cards are showing up around it could be like influencing what that mirror is for a person. Mm -hmm. I definitely see it as a mirror for sure. Like, and it's, it feels very biblical to me. It's very like, Adam and Eve, you know, Garden of Eden, choice, or like, are you going to eat the apple? Are you not going to eat the apple kind of thing? Um, but to me, there's also an element of like, how we interact with our environment, how we move about earth and the land and our impact that we have on it. Um, and our relations to like other people and how we choose to like connect and build with other people. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I like that because it can also be like a really beautiful partnership. It doesn't necessarily mean it's. Yeah. If that shows up in like a a work related mm-hmm. question, that can indicate like a harmonious partnership. Um, I'd love to just touch on what are the positive qualities of the devil card, because that's something I find even in myself, like when I was younger, I would be so scared of this card, but, um, you know, now that we know there's this polarity between every single card, every single card that, you know, can appear angelic or whatever. Yeah. So, so the devil representing, um, Capricorn yeah and is it Saturn connected to yeah yeah Yeah. so what are some Ah. qualities of like what are some positive things about Saturn and Capricorn so with the devil like if we're thinking of like the light side and we're talking about like addictions and kind of holds that things have on us and maybe the shame that comes along with those attachments it's an invitation to like take a really close look at these things or you know shadow of yourself and do some shadow work and shed some light on those behaviors um but it just gives you an opportunity to look and to glance at what is happening and what's going on yeah so it's like instead of these things painting a shadow we're shedding some light on them yeah it's important it's like this card can show up um as like what are some bad habits that i'm not aware of right now that i could begin to shift away from you know is there a codependent pattern a addiction or something Mm -hmm. that we need we need to be aware of in order to shift yeah us that uh, that opportunity to shed awareness on it and rather it be totally subconscious like we're we're bringing that up to the surface yeah um because sorry it's just like double energy of like we're taking a look at the systems that are that we're dealing with collectively and like what's working and what's not right instead of it just running rampant and having all the power, like we're kind of taking our power back. Yeah. It's, um, it's a card to like indicate where we can break free from those patterns. And, you know, Capricorn being like the father of the Zodiac, you know, the, the earner, the earth man, who's also, I believe a fixed sign, um, so just means that this very powerful, strong, masculine energy, um, I think the emperor is the emperor connected with Capricorn as well. That's Aries. That's Aries. Okay. Um, so there's obviously some positive things to the father. There's like, they're going to take care like a Capricorn, Saturn Capricorn energy in their benefic if I'm even saying that right and their positive light is um you know gonna take good care of their family they're stable they're loyal they're grounded yeah. um 
but on the flip side, they can be too rigid or controlling. Yeah. And things like that. Natural leaders and they tend to take like control of situations. And it's like, when we talk about like the light and dark, it's exactly that. Like you can be um, kind of in the, in the shadow aspect of Capricorn and be power hungry, or you can be the light aspect of Capricorn and just have this like balanced sense of control and, and leadership. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We kind of sidetracked. I want to loop us back to the, um, Gemini cards. Yeah. So what is your vibe on this Gemini season that we're going to move into? Mm. Um, well, with the magician, especially, like there's a lot of um, manifestation and big energies kind of moving out of us and things happening. Um, and it's kind of ruled by the throat. Um, we may be feeling more encouraged to like share our truth especially kind of coming out of hierophant where it's like we're really formulating what our truth means to us in magician we're kind of putting that out there um and it it's um working with spirit there's a lot of like co-creation with spirit in the magician so they're really really drawing things down from the ether like into the earthly realm so it's gonna be a really great time to like manifest and like start the project put the project out like do the thing you know um and and sharing about the thing like really using that throat energy and like promoting yourself and like sharing your inspirations and stuff um which is like kind of summer vibe right like we're out there we're outside we're like it's a like big moving energy you know um and then the the hermit kind of balances us and like brings us back inward um where we want to be questioning like ourselves questioning our journey doing some learning perhaps but it's like this like big self-evolution energy so um and then the lovers whatever we mean <laughs> whatever the lovers means you know um but we may find ourselves really focusing on how we interact with our environment how we impact others and how we impact the earth you know our even like carbon footprint kind of stuff but um, mostly I think it's going to be a lot of like manifestation energy. Yes. I love that. It, I mean, it's what's happening in nature in May and June and it's, mm. you know, everything is blossoming. Everything is like fragrant and in their like fullest expression. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And what phase of the moon would that season be like? Mm. The springtime is kind of like a, because if, if wintertime is like the dark moon. I would say, yeah. And then full moon would be like pregnant kind of moon. Yeah. So we're moving into this season of, you know, confidently sharing your gifts confidently using and exploring all of your different skills and mm -hmm. um and the hermit is very spiritual 
card too. So it's also, you know, could be a time of self-reflection and, um, you know, really going, going inward with the things that you learned during, you know, the Scorpio season, which is the opposite and like really bringing those forward and shining in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when we're putting things out, there's a sense of clarity of like, what do we actually want to bring down? Like, what do we actually want to manifest? And I think we need that element of the hermit for that clarity. Um, the hermit to me also represents like a sense of surrender. Like he doesn't quite know where he's going, but he's got the light from his lantern and he's taking it kind of one step at a time. So it's like, there's also an element of like trusting in your journey and trusting in your path and your direction, even if you can't see where you're going completely part of the part of the journey. I love it. Is there anything else that you were wanting to touch on today or share? I don't know. I was just like really looking forward to chatting about the major arcana and definitely like the Hierophant Empress energy. Um, yeah. I'd be curious, like, anybody that's watching this back, like how, how like the Empress and the Hierophant, how they resonate with them individually, because I, I love how the girl kind of affects everyone differently. And like, they see certain things or resonate in different ways. And yeah, I'm always into like hearing different perspectives and stuff. Yeah. I love comments in the chat. Ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, should we pick a collective major arcana card yes how about we each pick one and we'll do a little collective reading here what's coming up for the collective i'm gonna pull out my 22 boys <clears throat> My phone just low battery. Temperance. Go who said temperance? Temperance, yeah. Okay. I love that card. It's beautiful. Did it just fly out, or did you choose it? I picked it. Okay. And it's hard they don't, like, fly out when there's, like, just something. I love when cards fly out. Me but too. sometimes I just want to, like, ground in and pick one. <laughs> okay. Ooh la la, interesting. Speak of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I love these two cards together. Yes. What are you feeling? Oh. We talked a lot about like the structures and negative or just attachments that we may have or subconscious behaviors or patterns, like almost like samskara kind of vibe. Um, and temperance to me is like 
it's all about balance. Like, I feel like temperance is like, we can't spend our, our physical experience here, like completely caught up in like astral things. Like we are here to experience life and the duality of life. And it's sort of like finding balance between your connection to spirit and your connection to like the physical space. And I love that. Yeah. I'm feeling uh, a similar vibe where it's like, I love her feet in this card. Mm. She's got one foot on the earth and one in the water. So it's like one is connected to her emotions and one is grounded on the planet. And she's also got this very spiritual aura around her her head and the wings representing like the quality of air and freedom mm-hmm. and new life. And so when it's yeah connected to that, that devil card, it's taking a look at where, what are my earthly attachments? Yeah. How can I liberate myself from, um, being fixated on our happiness coming from money or from a person or anything material is kind of like, okay, I'm going to start to like loosen those grips. And then also with, you know, our emotions, what are, what are things that we can become like emotionally um, addicted to? Mm -hmm. So can like indicate our, um, you know, just paying attention to karmic cycles. That's another thing with the devil card is like, I feel like it's being stuck in a loop of a pattern. So the temperance just like all about balance, pouring, you know, continuously finding, um, finding the balance between staying grounded and on this planet. Yeah earning and doing our thing um and yeah balancing with our spiritual selves not getting lost in like either realm right that's coming through huge and like crown chakra and root chakra for temperance like it feels like finding a balance between those two aspects um and also like i always see the moon card in the very back of the temperance like, you see, like, the mountains with, like, the sun was, like, that path. Like, it feels like there's an aspect of the moon card in the temperance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's so funny. I, I've never really noticed that. Right? As much. Yeah. That's what I love about doing, exploring these with other people is I always am seeing new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's like there's this pathway, there's this journey. Yeah. And, very, and there's a crown, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar to like the pathway on the moon card. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like it feels like kind of like being drawn. Being drawn, like, the moon feels like kind of like that gravitational force. Like, there's that aspect in the temperance of, like, 
feeling called to like be pulled in like one direction up or down, you know? Yeah. I like that. And the upward facing triangle in alchemy, is that water? I think it's fire. Or fire. Interesting. And temperance is actually ruled by Sagittarius. So yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Sagittarius being, you know, the free, that makes sense why there's like these red wings because, um, Sagittarius is a very freedom-seeking philosopher, fire sign. Mm -hmm. Fiery, the fieriest fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. But I just love how much water is in there balancing out that fire. Mm -hmm. So yeah, balancing our elements and staying grounded and checking in with her sticky little uh, tendencies. <laughs> sticky little tendencies, exactly. That's a nice way to put the double card. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, think that that's probably enough information for one day to people to digest. Yeah, that was um, nice. I'd love for you to just share a little bit about what you do and how people can find you, your services that you offer. Yeah, you can find me at Alyssa Hartley. Um, I offer one-on-one intuitive sessions, um, including like energy healing, tarot reading combinations. Um, Yeah, I do a live every Wednesday as well on my IG page where we talk about like the collective energy. Um, Sometimes we pull cards. Sometimes we just chat, but it's a super, like, low-key, chill space to hang out in Wednesday at 7, Mountain Time. I love it. It's fun. It's a fun vibe. Yeah. Yet lots of wisdom being channeled in. (laughs) And so um, you are in Calgary right now, Alberta, but do you do things over the phone or over Zoom or things like that? All the readings right now are just virtual. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Love. Wonderful. Well, yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks for chatting. Tarot. All things tarot. It was my pleasure. It's always an honor to to see you and connect. Yeah, thanks. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Ew.